I have always desperately wanted to learn another language in addition to English. I have been equally terrified of trying to learn a language in addition to English. And that fear only seems to grow with each passing year, which is most likely why I don't presently speak or understand a second language. I sometimes tell people English is my second language. I don't yet have a first. But what is it that stops me from learning? What terrifies me so much about it? This. I don't want to feel uncomfortable with what I don't know and have to practice getting it right in front of people. I mean, I like learning. I love to take a stack of books and go off quietly in a corner and discover some things that I can then bring back to a wider con conversation. But language is about communication and interaction. I keep hearing that the best way to learn a language is immersion, being surrounded by people who know the language that I don't, so I can pick up things, try and make mistakes, try and fail again, try until I get it right, that piece of it, that word, that phrase, not the whole language. And learning language is one thing, and communicating effectively is another and takes practice and trying and a willingness to fail and to fail in a very public way and to regroup and try again and to practice and to take instruction and to stumble upon words and to practice and to practice and to practice some more. Whereas I keep waiting for the Rosetta Stone brain chip implant that I can just snap in and... Voila! Me habla espanol. Yay! I don't want to risk the public embarrassment of not knowing, of not having it all figured out, of facing frustration and petulance within myself as I struggle to understand that which I don't presently understand, as I struggle to speak without knowing if I have or am using the right words to articulate what I wish to say. But that's not how it works. It requires initiative and focus and clear intention and discipline and practice, practice, practice. And practice continues no matter how much we learn. There is no time at which you stop practicing. It does not have an end point. Right, Mark? Yes. You don't learn to play the piano, to sing, to speak another language, to write, to paint, to code, to design, to love, and then stop practicing. Now, practice continues. Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice is perfect. If music be the food of love, that was the song you just heard, if music be the food of love, sing on. But remember that both things require practice, require us to move outside of what we presently know or are capable of to reach toward what we can learn and do and what is possible. When I first looked at the theme for this Sunday suggested by the UUA and Black Lives of Unitarian Universalism, I thought they mixed up the order, the promise and the practice. 
should be the practice and the promise, I thought. The practice leads to the promise. But now I think that's wrong too. Now I think the practice is the promise. If we are practicing patience, compassion, and empathy from our covenant, if we are practicing justice from our mission, if we are practicing, then we are living in the promise. If we are not practicing, I can promise you no promise will matter. As Viola Abbott wrote in the call to worship, we want the practice of this faith to be a fulfilling manifestation of its promise. And as we talk about this work of unearthing and exposing and confronting the painful legacy and present reality of white supremacy in our living tradition, in our culture, and in ourselves, we are asked to be bold. I am asked to be bold. I am asked to get over that fear of making mistakes in public of saying the wrong word, of missing the real message, of doing my best and yet realizing I still have much to learn. We pray, along with Connie Simon, for resilience and determination and for the fearlessness to take risks, to make mistakes, and to keep trying. And listen, there is a part of me that just wants to retreat. There's a part of me that feels overwhelmed at the task before us. There is a part of me that feels conflicted and confused about trying to increase cultural and religious diversity in our services and at the same time avoid cultural and religious misappropriation. Of wanting very sincerely to welcome people of color in our midst into leadership positions and as worship leaders and teachers. And at the same time guarding against the all too often weighty expectation placed on people of color to teach white people about racism. To rescue us from what we have chosen not to see. There's such a bundle of cultural and personal and emotional and religious tensions that come into play that it can be nearly impossible to know what's right. And I, a straight, white, cisgender male, I can throw my hands up in the air at the realization that this is, without a doubt, a no-win situation. And that is followed by a deeper realization that this is precisely the point. It is not about winning. It is not about figuring out the one right thing and doing it perfectly so that we look good. It is not about winning. It is about deepening connections right there in our mission. Deepening connections, and that is messy, imprecise work with sometimes raggedy edges that calls for sacred flexibility and deep listening and practice, practice, practice. But this is hard. Can't we just love one another? Yes. Yes, we can. And this is how. We face up to what is real. I'm reminded of the words of James Baldwin. Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. We face up to what is real. We listen to one another. We get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because love is uncomfortable, right? That's the truth. 
In this culture, it's not so much that we give a false notion of what love is, but one that is grossly incomplete. We talk about the glory of love. Woo-hoo! The sadness of lost love. Boo-hoo! But what about the hard work, the constant practice, the mighty challenges, the work of love? Whoa, what now? It's not all I feel so safe and this is where I'm meant to be. It's you want me to do what? And how did I get myself into this? I'll tell you how. Because you committed to love one another. To practice patience, compassion, and empathy. To practice justice. To deepen connections. And that gives us access to inspiring the kind of joy that you heard about in the reading. The joy created through our collective healing, our laying down of burdens to be picked up and shared by our people, our community. Not joy in spite of suffering, a mask put on to hide pain, an armor put on to push through pain. This is an embrace holding and soothing us in our suffering. And we practice. And we practice. And when we are engaged in the practice, then our heart is in a holy place. 